Welcome to My Presence Reclaimed. My name is Trinity, aka Infinite Abundance, and this is a show where we discuss many aspects of healing ourselves, mind, body, and soul, where we learn to reclaim our lives, reclaim our truth, how to speak up for ourselves boldly, and how to be ourselves, mind, body, and soul authentically and unapologetically. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, beautiful souls of Earth. My name is Trinity, aka Infinite Abundance, and today on this episode of My Presence Reclaimed, I got the amazing opportunity to speak with a wonderful woman named Jennifer. She goes by Thickabod Crane BPD on Instagram and TikTok. I will leave her um, handles down below in the description box. Please make sure to go check out her content. She makes awesome content around being self-aware and dealing with BPD, and so if that's something that resonates with you or content that you may find helpful on your self-healing journey, then absolutely go and check that out. Today, we got to speak about spirituality and where spirituality meets mental health in Jennifer's perspective, and it was super interesting to get to speak with a person who was actually diagnosed and was able to experience and share with me so openly and vulnerably. I know a lot of people are not willing to speak around mental health so openly, so as we transition into a generation where talking about our mental health is not so taboo. I'm hoping that more people feel like more empowered by other people sharing their story to share theirs as well. So I am super grateful that Jennifer was able to open up and was willing to speak with me and share her story and share parts of her life around her mental health, emotional well-being, and what it's like to share your life and talk about mental health so openly, especially as a content creator. I really enjoyed that part of our conversation as well. I had an, a blast getting to speak with her and getting to officially meet her outside of my For You page. And I hope if you guys follow her on TikTok or Instagram as well, you enjoy this inside look to Jennifer and who she is and what she's about. And thank you so much for sharing your time with me. I hope you all enjoy this episode of My Presence Reclaimed as much as I did. Have a great one. Let's do it. Got it. Jennifer, thank you for being here greatly. I appreciate you. Of course. Super happy Uh, to be here super excited i'm a little nervous so for the people listening if you're like why does trinity sound like she's having a panic attack it's because she's having a panic attack shut up (laughs) just a little bit we're good so right off the bat your content on tiktok chef's kiss chef's kiss your (laughs) eyeliner first of all was the very first thing that caught my eye on your page and i saw you on my for you page i was like (gasps) oh I'm following her just for her eyeliner, but then I started like. I think like, that's the watch. only reason I have followers. It's just right. no, one li- no one listens to what I said. They just like my makeup. But I'll take that's it. so. I'll but take like it. that was so like the first thirty seconds. I was like, okay, eyeliner, eyeliner. But then I had to like bring it back. I was like, focus, bitch, present moment, pay attention to what's being said. And then I was like, oh my god, I'm addicted. I'm addicted. Stop it. Stop it. You can just watch it three times: once for the makeup, second for the commentary, third for the text, and my I views. Love that. It. <laughs> I love that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna manifest for people doing that with my content yeah. as well. <laughs> That's a <laughs> method. <laughs> Wash it thrice. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so besides, like, obviously, like wanting to, in general, help people with your content, 
what is your goal or purpose of creating such a open space for talking about mental health on such a real and vulnerable level, which I greatly appreciate, by the way. Yes. I mean, I think, you know, kind of like you said, aside from helping other people, like the obvious answer would be for me to be like, I just love to help other people. And I do. But I do think that it all came from a place of myself wanting to be understood, um, thinking, I think that if enough people paid attention that I would have like credibility and that the people that know me in my life might be like, oh, let me pay a little bit of attention. Spoiler alert, nobody does. Yeah. To this day, I promise you, no one who knows me in real life gives a single fuck about uh, my disorder. But you know, it's validating to have everyone else online care. That's so relatable as a content creator, swear to God. Oh, <laughs> yes, you're like, still no one cares, really? Still? Right. I had a my my father-in-law like didn't used to like he still doesn't give a shit about me. Like, not gonna lie, he still doesn't give a shit about me. But like when I, I when it. my old I account hit a 20 like I almost said 20 million hit a quarter of a million he was like he called my fiance and was like did you see that Trinity's account has a quarter of a million followers yeah he was just so surprised that like anybody yes. gave a fuck and I'm like oh my gosh maybe because yeah. like Trinity has like some value and other people besides yeah. you can see that <laughs> it's almost like so because my parents did the same thing when they found out like I hit 100k it's almost they're like you fooled this many people like <laughs> right thank you know. the imposter syndrome appreciates yeah exactly like when I told my parents they were like like they literally had to fix their face they're like yeah oh, happy happy for you so happy you know, oh like, my yeah. gosh and then of course it's you know oh well like why are you talking about me like you're part of my story bitch oh my god see that's where I have to be more like you I have to get braver I specifically it's like it's like my little dirty little secret is like, I never literally, I can count on one hand the amount of times I've like talked about my parents on my TikTok and it's not for lack of wanting to girl. <laughs> I want to so bad. It's just like, I, I don't have the cojones. I don't, I don't have hey, the cojones. You don't, you don't need cojones. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Yeah, exactly. You got pussy power. You don't, you don't, you don't need, you don't need <laughs> We got the PP. <laughs> you got to collect yourself that's what I do is I like right? pull it and I toss it oh my gosh yes see I'm always just like and scene okay we're done with that part let's move on <laughs> or like the conductor like the <laughs> that. I need background noise like yeah, I should that. with how much I talk with my hands too just like <laughs> That's why I have a jewel is to that. So I don't do that all the time. <laughs> yeah. I always have like little crystals to like fidget with, like while I talk to people, yes. like, cause I used to have the popper thing, but then I had like realized you could hear the popper in the background of the video. So I'm like, let's stick with like this. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time. Just... <laughs> oh my gosh. So, so we talked a little bit about it before uh, recording, but depression, let's talk yeah. about it. Let's talk about depression. That's my favorite thing to talk about. I'm kidding. <laughs> As I'm currently going through it. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, then divine timing, man. Yeah, so exactly. What does mania versus depression look like for you personally? Oh, I love this question. Okay. So for me, per I want to start with mania first right. because 
I hold back from talking about mania on TikTok because it can get, it's already hard to talk about BPD on TikTok. You have people with similar disorders be like, we do that too. And I'm like, it's not a competition. <laughs> right. you know I mean? I'm, like, I'm like, I'm let's find the community instead of the, like, yeah. that's our trait. Like that's my, that belongs to my Keeping mental health yes, symptoms. Yes, so weird. I'm like, I'm like, bro, there's only like X amount of mentally ill things you can do in the world as far as behavior is concerned. We're bound to share a couple of the same things. <laughs> But um, I forget where I was going with that, honestly. Track me, track me back, Trinity. Track um, me back. Hold me back sorry. Question. Oh, mania and depression. <laughs> yeah. We both, we both big before this. That's oh my the God. problem. Okay. So with mania. So I hold back from talking about it on TikTok very much because of like just the incessant conversations that I'll end up having. But for me, um, I, I'm hypomanic. So I experience a lot of hypomania. Um, which can look a lot for me, like being really caffeinated if you don't know me well, and if you don't see me like behind closed doors. Um, so just to clarify, hypomania is like very different and you know this, but now I'm addressing everyone who's listening. Hypomania is very different than mania because mania can, I mean, hypomania can ruin your life too, but mania like can ensure will ruin your life. Like it's getting paid to do so. Like mania will just take your whole life down. Hypomania, I think, can be a little bit easier to deal with as far as like functionally, um, still getting to work on time every day, like that kind of thing. But for me, hypomania presents as like even more impulsivity than I'm used to as being someone with borderline. Um, just if I can think it, I'm already doing it. Like it's like the I'm just doing it. The talking is incessant and like to the point where I'll be interrupting myself with like a brand new thought. And, <laughs> and that can look a little bit like ADHD as well, but hypomania, so that's hypomania for me. And then depression for me, depression um, I would say is just bottomless. Um, for me, it's like bottomless grief. Um, I tend to dissociate the most when I'm depressed. So I truly, if I'm depressed for like more than a couple of days at a time, I'm not even actually feeling that. I'm not feeling a depression whatsoever because my brain is already taken over with dissociation. But if I, when I come out of that dissociation for a few moments when I'm already depressed, it is bottomless grief. Um, yeah, I truly think I dissociate more when I'm depressed versus any other time, which is saying a lot because I dissociate a lot. <laughs> I feel that. Your, yes. your content has honestly been so unbelievably relatable that like I told my partner, I was like, I think I need to go get diagnosed. And he was like, why? And I was like, I've yes. been binging TikTok then. But it's like, like it's I'm so already calling real. my therapist. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. like your content really did. Like it really did wake me up. And I was like, I need to go get diagnosed. I need to, even if it's not like BPD for yeah. me personally, but like I need to see somebody because being self-aware and like opening yeah. myself up and being willing to like look at triggering content and being like oh, is this me like but yes, place yes. of like detached like non-judgment but like oh my god like things are starting to make sense you know yes. it's uh it yeah, becomes check, check. Like, yeah. yeah it becomes easy <laughs> yeah. to self-diagnose and it's been a whole lesson in itself to like not because every week I'll see some new thing and I'm like oh that's it but yes and same same yeah, still yeah still like me too figure it out <laughs> yeah and honestly and bringing up self-diagnosing I think because that's that term is like 
um, you know, it's like saying bomb on a plane. If you say self-diagnosing on TikTok, like you can't like people, you know, it gets really, and I don't know. I mean, I definitely believe the diagnosis is a privilege and it is, but I think it gets dangerous when you self-diagnose yourself. Now I'm going to, we'll circle back around to suspecting because I firmly believe in suspecting that you have a specific illness, but self-diagnosing. People think because they can't afford to get diagnosed elsewhere that they can just take that upon themselves because they think, well, I have access to the same textbook that that psychiatrist has. I can access the DSM-5 and then I can make those check marks upon myself with my own behavior. But they don't understand that diagnosis is so much more than just the DSM because you're not just checking off stuff, you know, under one disorder in the DSM. You're, you're psychiatrist or your therapist, whoever is also, you know, screening those against everything else in the DSM, whereas mm-hmm. someone might crack over the DSM just to look at BPD or just to look at ADHD, you know? So that's where it gets fit themselves in somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And, and not even knowing if they flip a few more pages that PTSD fits them so much better, but they wouldn't even get that far because they're only, you know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. So that's, that's the risk. But that being said, I think then people, especially on TikTok get so upset um, at the thought of someone self-diagnosing that they don't even want to allow people to suspect that they have a mental illness. And that's where I have a very big problem where I want to put my foot down because we have to believe in body autonomy. We have to believe in the idea that every single person knows their brain better than anyone else. Like regardless of, you know, having credentials, being a mental health professional, like you're still going to know your brain better than a board certified, whatever you are. And you're going to have a better idea of how you react to things and what is you and what's not you. So suspecting, I really support, but I support it as a pathway to proper medical diagnosis. Like you right. were talking. Yeah. yeah. Beautifully said. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> and then I just, I love a soapbox, Trinity, and you keep handing them to me. And I'm going to keep <laughs> coming. <laughs> I love a soapbox. Yes. So how does BPD affect you as a parent? Oh my gosh, this is a big one. So I feel like, I feel like you did your homework. You are bringing up everything that I like don't talk about on TikTok so much. Divine, it's divine. (laughs) You are, there are no easy questions here. So um, BPD affects, BPD affects my parenting in that to me, sometimes it almost seems like that is my entire parenting. Like, I mean, in the way that my diagnosis feels like my entire personality and feels like that's me, it also feels like it is my parenting because my parenting is so wrapped up in how I, you know, relate to people and how I relate to things and, you know, what triggers me and, you know, that sort of thing. So my specific struggle when it comes to parenting my son and something that I am starting to see the negative payoff of as far as his behavior in school and when he goes out into the world, like I get a real time, like I'm getting graded real time on my parenting. You know what I mean? When you send your, when you send your kids to school, you get those yeah. calls from the principal. Yeah. You're getting graded too. Yeah. So I'm getting graded on my parenting all the time. And I can say what I've been doing has not been working. Um, but it has been the complete absence of punishment, the oh. absence of punishment, um, which is good if you do it appropriately. And I do it in a fearful manner, right? So I'm not like parenting from a mindful place of like, you know, 
Um, let's have discussions and call-ins instead of punishing. Let's that's mindful. And like, that's a technique in and of itself. But my parenting, I feel like most of the time comes from fear of the way that I was traumatized as a kid and just not wanting to do anything that even resembles what I came into contact to when I was a kid. So I, I don't even yell at him. I literally will just like, I almost shut down. And so, and I think, yeah, it's a lot of fear commanding the parenting. The BPD really adds a lot of trauma to the parenting, which I think holds me back from my full potential. Sorry, I'm processing what you said. I said a mouthful like, there. <laughs> it, it hit me on a lot of levels and brought like some memories back that I was not expecting yeah. to get hit with like right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm. This is like, this is, we're talking about a lot here. We're uncovering a lot. And I was getting ready to like send you a message like, this is just a trigger warning. I have some like impactful questions. Little did <laughs> I know, it was my shadow work uh session two <laughs> you're like oops <laughs> did not know i would be getting medicine as well <laughs> yeah real time healing you guys yeah we're lucky yes. to be here processing <laughs> like... together while i chug my red bull yes oh man <clears throat> that was a lot emotionally okay yes yes what was or what is one thing that you wish people knew about you as a person with BPD versus how people in society just generally view BPD? Uh-oh, are we back? Uh, wait, are we okay, back? I lost you. There okay, we go, back. are we back? <laughs> okay. And scene. <laughs> Perfect. We needed a little okay. change in the energy there. Yeah. Just, okay, wait, reread the question. I missed it. What is one thing that you wish that people knew about you as a person with BPD or people with BPD in general versus like how society generally views BPD? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll answer that both ways, really, because I think it applies to me as much as it applies to everyone else. I wish people and society in general understood that we're so much, and I don't want to use the word victims because we're not, but we're so much more victims than abusers. And reactive abuse, I think, plays a really big part in that. And um, sort of the way that people echo, you know, traumatic things that have happened to them in their past and the way things have a way of like reliving themselves over and over again. I think that we get mistaken as abusers because, I, well, it's sort of like this. So, you know, people with BPD are typically only seen by therapists when they're in crisis, which gives the impression that we're always in crisis, right? People with BPD similarly, you know, will act incredibly abusively, or I'm sorry, will act incredibly toxically. And when we're toxic like that, you know, it's like people only see us for that. So they start to think that we're abusive because they're only seeing more of our toxic nature and no one really notices when you're doing a good job, right? They're only gonna take note when you're doing like a really wacky, crappy job. So I think we kind of get like the shit end of the stick there. You know what I mean? Most of the time, most of us, if it's not a genetic place that our disorder came about from, most of us have a wild history of trauma and abuse in our very early years, some of us more of in our youthful years, teen years, but very early stuff going on, which changes how our brain works and changes our love map and what we seek out in life. 
So we end up again in these traumatic situations where we're more likely to be like reactively abusive or be more toxic. Um, and it just gives the incorrect impression. I think most of us, um, I'll really speak for myself here, are incredibly deeply sensitive and just not angry people, but very reactive. Yeah. yeah. What, let's see, I thought of another question as you were talking and then I forgot it. Okay, you should dabble. <laughs> okay, it'll come back to you. It'll circle okay. back. We'll keep moving on. <laughs> no How has content creation about mental health opened you up like on a level of vulnerability and communication in your personal life? Mm, interesting. It hasn't. <laughs> I have only gotten more like uh I think closed-lipped with people in real life it's hard to explain it's almost like you know where you pour the wine now the water's over here right and there's less okay. over here. so it's <laughs> I almost get to the point with people in my real life where it's like if they want to know what's bothering me in that moment, they have to, you know, head on over to my TikTok and, and see. <laughs> I've literally told my mom, she's like, hey, what's up? I'm like, go watch my YouTube video or check out my TikTok. Like, yes. I'm not down to talk today. Yes. I'm like, I already posted about it. I can't, we're not doing this. Yeah, we can't yeah. live it twice. Sorry. We don't have the yes. energy, the mental yes. capacity. <laughs> yes, which I think really speaks to, especially for like creators like us, it really speaks to, you know, how we're doing this, the creation of these videos of these things that we're doing. We do it to like, oh God, I lost my train of thought, Trinity. I'm sorry, my meds are kicking in. I lost it. You're all good. Let's see, let's try okay. and bring it back. All right. We were Distracted. talking about content creation, how it opens yes. you up to vulnerability, how- yes. okay, yes. Thank you, Trinity. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the run back. I love you so much. Yes, so we do this more as like a method of therapy for us, like on our own side, right? So it's it, it becomes a point where it's not for the views and it's not even, it is to help people, but on the other hand, it's like, I'm helping me too, yeah. you know? 100%. Yeah, so it gets to the point where like, we're creating to help ourselves as well, like that validation is really something I'll tell you yeah that's for sure well while we're on the topic of validation how has validation from followers from viewers how has negative recognition <laughs> affected you mentally and emotionally oh my god so I will say when I first started posting on TikTok probably for the first like five months or so I kind of like went viral as soon as I started but I've only been on TikTok for a year so like the first bit of it um, I got so much hate and I think it was because like, I don't know, I guess I wasn't credible. I didn't have enough like street cred yet on, on the streets of TikTok yeah. um, <laughs> used to, yes. and it used to bother me so much. I mean, I would have to take like full mental health breaks from TikTok because one person, one person said one thing and it's like, it would really affect my life. And now I kind of get, you kind of get to the point with TikTok, even not even creating on TikTok, just once you've been on it enough and you've surfed through enough comment sections, you're like, oh, people are just like this. Yeah. Like, people are just <laughs> fucking broken. Like you guys got problems. Yeah. So wow. I almost realized like the stuff that goes viral goes viral because there's so many hate comments. So it's almost like those in and of itself have a value. You know what I mean? Like the more people that argue in my comment section, that means the more people that are actually going to see my video because the algorithm is taking it is, you know, pushing it out. And then the more people I'm actually going to help that way, because two idiots wanted to get into a debate about like self-diagnosis in my comments. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I used to sit there and like take all the time to like delete comments and like make sure it was always like a safe place. But it's like people don't understand how much like content creators, especially content creators from like a self-aware place, actually uh -huh. put themselves in the front line like oh, energetically yeah. and emotionally to make yeah. it a safe space for their viewers and I feel yes. like that really like for the people who are like loyal to these content yeah. creators like that is so appreciated but they just don't understand the impact like I've spent oh, days so like fishing through you know yeah. racist and homophobic and just all yeah. these disgusting comments that just yeah. wear on your fucking mind and your body yeah um, and we become like the well for it so that yeah. no one else has to see it yeah it's God. sick it's yeah. and so time consuming I just I honestly yeah. I just started setting like energetic protections and being like if people are meant to learn a lesson from seeing that shit on my page right if I see it I'll delete it but I'm not searching through the yeah. shit no more I mean, mm -mm. It's, it becomes the point is like it's all we would ever do yeah especially like you when one of your videos like hits the FYP page and then you're just having like comments just coming yeah. in like just hundreds then you got to sit there and read through thousands of like no like no i can't yeah i'm like you guys gotta and i've done enough <clears throat> i'll make you know i'll comment on my own video and be like you know i don't have the time today guys like can we please try to be civil and respectful yeah, and i'll like in my comment and it's like <laughs> it's sad that we even have to do that you know especially when a bunch of these people are like claiming to be adults with like <laughs> what's yes. the word I'm looking for like successful lives like yes. what are you doing yes. in my comment section yes. <laughs> 4K. yeah then why of all the things yes oh good lord yes. exactly and the ones that like hop on my lives or like any live for that matter to just say this to just for no like literally they don't know who you are they've never even seen yeah. any of your stuff before they just want to hop on and see if they can get like a rise out of you I'm like yeah. these kids uh, and then when you say anything to them they're like oh someone's mad just be like no bitch you're just annoying <laughs> yeah, I'm like i'm just trying to read around your comments and they're a little <laughs> oh my god exactly okay let's see how do you deal with self-loathing and negative <laughs> self-talk oh gosh i'm like i could give you the honest i'm gonna give you the honest answer I don't, I was about to be like, well, you have a lot of negative self-talk. You should try CBT and I've done it and it's great. Um, <laughs> but I don't really do that anymore. Honest answer. <clears throat> I don't deal with self. I'm currently loathing myself. So I, I don't even know. Honestly, I guess I just wait long enough until my God complex kicks in or I become hypomanic and it overrides. But I, I think I think the negative self-talk is sort of always the base. That's the foundation, right? So I don't know. I mean, I guess if I'm having a really bad day, you know, distraction is the name of the game. Just completely distracting myself, doing my makeup, trying to look cute. Sometimes that'll make it worse though, Trinity. I'm gonna be real with you. Have you ever like had a day where you hate yourself and then you're like, I'm gonna just do my makeup to feel better. And then you put it on and you're like, you're a pig in a dress. That scene lives so in my head rent free. Yes. yes. So good. Exactly. Oh, there was this one video. Oh, this one girl, she was like, <laughs> she was sitting here on my TikTok on my for you page. And she was like, I was feeling depressed. So I went and I did my makeup and I got a couple of new piercings and a new tattoo. And now I'm just depressed and really hot. I'm like, 
food. <laughs> yes. Listen, if I could just be depressed and really hot, I'll take it. I'll take it. That's a vibe. Um, what's her name? Uh, you've seen uh, Zoe. I think that's her name. She's like, the, yeah, girl. Like she <laughs> does. Like you're like you're a bad bitch. Yeah. No, but now, okay. So please send me this. I will. I, feel I like fucking, rock. Okay. She has like picked me up when I'm at my fucking lowest. Yeah. I do it to myself in the mirror when I want to cheer myself up. That's the vibe though. Maybe that's what I have to do. I have to practice yes. that. That's it. 100%. And every single time you catch yourself like shit talking yourself, literally, like sometimes I don't like talking to myself this way, but sometimes it really helps. Sometimes I'm like, bitch, you really need to pop your head straight out your motherfucking ass. Yes. And you need yeah. to love the shit out of yourself right now. And sometimes I've like kept like, as a person who like used to deal with like self-harm, I used to like, especially like punch my legs and like my chest yeah. and things. Like I dealt with my own family members beating the shit out of me. So that's how I learned you deal with anger. You just hit somebody. Right. And I don't want to hit other people. Like they hit me. Like let's, yeah, it's probably so, fine. Yeah. When, um, when I was like starting to learn how to like love myself and like hugging myself became a thing, like, <laughs> I love it, that. it's uh it was a lot of like me sitting there telling myself what a worthless piece of shit I am while hugging myself and being like you're allowed to think you're a worthless piece of shit and you don't have to force yourself to love you right now you can just feel like a worthless piece of shit but just know I'm gonna keep fucking hugging you I love that radical acceptance you see the inner child already like loving that I feel you know and that reminds me of a visualization exercise that I learned for inner child therapy where you kind of do the same thing, but almost like in your head, you picture yourself as a child and then picture yourself like wrapping your arms yeah. around that. It's so fucking healing. Like already you can see like, look how healing you just told yourself for a moment and you felt that, <laughs> you know, that word. Those inner child exercises are honestly like super impactful. They're, oh my God, I was watching, you ever seen Good Girls on Netflix? Okay. I saw like the first season and I stopped. Yeah. It's, I started rewatching it again. Cause I saw season three was on. So I mean, like we should just watch it together. I'm on episode yes. like four now. So like catch up. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But, um, there was this episode where the daughter was sitting there and like, after her mom was supposed to be there for like a really important thing, she was like, why weren't you there? Like, you know, what could have been so important that you weren't there? And she's like, babe, you are the most important thing. She was like, yeah, then like, okay, where the fuck were you at? And right. I saw that. And I saw this post, this comment that my mom left on my old account. And she was like, I really wish I would have been able to like heal my trauma for you and like be there for you and fulfill that for you. And I'm really glad you're doing that for your son. So you don't pass that on. And just yeah. seeing that scene and having that comment in my head, yeah. like, like made it like, that for me. Yeah. yeah, made a yeah. breakdown happen. I had to pause the show yeah. and just have yeah. a moment and just hold myself and be like, especially around Christmas time, like the idea of worthiness is so like in your face. And yes. so like, yeah, that was really a moment That's there. That's issue for me is like the issue of worthiness. Yeah. Yeah. We're, I just feel like we were never made to feel it, you know, early on. We, we don't have that intrinsic like worthiness. So now we kind of just can only get the extrinsic worthiness, which yeah. is like, you know, seeking that out from other people. And it's just like not enough when it comes from other people. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's hard. Cause I noticed for myself, like even today I was watching a live on King Soon's page and um, he was talking about like true love and what that means. And oh. 
as a person who like deals with constantly like am I a narcissist am I this am I just a person who's never felt love and never felt like a priority and now that I'm giving that to myself I feel like a piece of shit like you know so dealing with that all the time and having like wanting to love and heal and you know be that for myself and be that for other people especially when like if you're not an empath then you're right. I must be like an evil narcissist like exactly. that type of like, yes. one or the other just be like or how about we're all empaths you have the choice to be empathetic mm-hmm. and use those abilities and we're all also fucking narcissists it's kind yeah. of part of our human fucking nature yeah. and you get it's to choose sword. Yeah, you get to choose how you're going to use that. And I was like, some people, they constantly like how you're talking about people talking shit on the lives and stuff. I've had people like, you're just so fully yourself. Just be like, I'm not going to lie. I love being on camera. I love attention on me when I want attention on me. I love being the fucking, the person who's giving you what you want to hear because I love that exchange of give and you're giving me that external validation of you see me, you understand me. We're connecting because I'm giving you something you really needed and you're giving me that love I really needed. But that does not also mean that I'm not working to give that to myself off camera. That does not mean that I'm not giving that to other people. And here's the thing, doing good deeds off camera, you know, like doing that. (laughs) You know what no one's watching? Can you believe it? Can you believe I do record every nice thing? (laughs) (laughs) Just some of them, just some of them. Okay. Oh my gosh. It's just, it's funny the way like people expect everyone to be one or the other or a little bit, but not too much. But it's like, babe, like you can use those toxic things to your highest good and for the good of all, or you cannot. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's the only way I can be brave is when I'm like leaning more into like the narcissistic side of myself, if I'm being honest, you know, and we all really have that side. Yeah. I mean, content creators, you're trying to tell me yeah. that there's no ego boost when you're in front of oh. that phone. Like, shut yes. the fuck up. If you're so yes. spiritual, I have no ego. Fuck you, bitch, because you're yes. getting off on the people who go, they have no ego. So if you're feeding your ego. Exactly. It's so true. It's always ego, baby. That's why everything is ultimately selfish because it does make you feel good to do it, right? Like, come on now. Yeah, right? Just be like, if you're going to be selfish, you might as well like, spread the love at the same fucking time and exactly. have the intention the intention yeah. of like sharing that energy like just yeah. keep keep that shit going not just the fucking selfish people who just abuse and manipulate the entire fucking time exactly let's see is that oh. your christmas tree behind you i couldn't afford a tree so, it's so I nice made it out of lights and there's I like a little santa oh blow up thing <laughs> It is the whole, I might even just do that in my bedroom. I kind of want to just do that. And save space in the apartment too. So whatever. I'll tell you what. Yes. Yes, queen. Okay. So this is a question that I feel like you might want to avoid a little bit. Okay. <laughs> but I probably I'm, will. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I saw one of your posts and I was like, oh, so I have to ask this question. Oh, do it. Okay. Hit me. You posted and said that you had never taken accountability for anything in your life. Oh no. Oh God. I'm running. Goodbye. Trudy. Goodbye. I'm sorry, but spirit was just like, she's not going to want to talk about it. Talk about it. So let's talk about it. Can you see me blushing already? I'm like nervously fidgeting with my hair. Okay. What inspired that post? Like what made you feel like you had the cojones enough to say, okay, I'm going to post that and people are going to know that I'm not taking accountability because that in itself is taking accountability. Yeah. Yeah, I had to. So I'll, I'm going to beat around the bush and then I'll zero in. (laughs) I got to get myself done. A little warm up first. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, I mean, ultimately 
the urge to even do that in the first place is kind of like, because once, you know, it's like the accountability, once enough people know, which I knew if I put that out into the world, that there would be people who are like, huh, I wonder what she's talking about. And like, I wonder, like, wonder if we'll see more follow-ups on that. I wonder if she's going to actually do that. Like, I felt that once I put it there, put it on TikTok, I can't turn back, which is what I've literally done every time in my life. Like anytime I have a hard truth or I've done something wrong, um, and we're talking like, you know, super ethically speaking, not like, you know, oh, I lied at work one time. I mean, like big, like earth shattering lies and big moral failings, right? Things of that nature. Anytime that I've ever done that, um, I will never come clean. I have never come clean. I will never come clean except for now, <laughs> but I have never really done it before. And there's been moments where I get really close. And then there's almost like a part of me that will just spin it or flop it just a little bit and just make it okay to not come clean. So I felt that if I put that out on TikTok, that no matter how I spin it or flop it or flip it, I still have to come clean because I told everybody I'm going to come clean. And I just, I didn't want to be able to turn back. I still haven't, I have done about 20% of the full hundred percent of things that I need to be accountable for. And the 20% like hurt a little bit. It pretty, hurt pretty fucking bad. You know, like I took four weeks off of TikTok while I came clean about the 20% and, um, and that hurt. And ultimately, you know, it, it ended up okay, but there's still so much more that I have to be honest about and to zero in, um, <laughs> you know, Interpersonally speaking, you know, I'm um I'm a person who suffers from a lot of impulsivity and also, you know, I also gaslight myself a lot. So I end up in situations where I impulsively do something um that hurts, you know, like a boyfriend, specifically speaking, right? And, you know, will then gaslight myself about it to no extent. So I'm gonna get really specific now. And this may be the only time that I'm going to share this <laughs> anywhere. It's never going to see the, you know, well, it's never going to be on TikTok. So <clears throat> I fell in love with one of my TikTok followers. This happened about eight months ago and I fell in love with him. Uh, you know, he messaged me. It was really like, you know, he knew I was in a relationship, like whatever. He's just some random guy. We're just like talking. He has BPD as well. Um, and we're just talking, whatever, whatever. Long story short, I fall in love with it, right? And that ended my relationship. I broke up with the person I was seeing because of that. And I never came clean about it. Like I, I made the entire breakup um, about something totally else, like totally different so that I didn't have to take any responsibility. So I'm always avoiding responsibility. So um, anyway, I wanna come clean about that to guy who I broke up with and then later got back together with and he still doesn't know the truth, right? It gets messy, it gets messy. So I wanna take accountability for that with him, finally. Good for you. And have him be the first boyfriend I don't lie to, right? There you we'll go. See. Well, <laughs> we'll see. Good for you, I'm proud Thank of you. you. Not that you need my external validation or approval. I'll take it. I am proud of you. <laughs> if you're offering it up, I'll take it, please. <laughs> okay oh this one was another one so I was binging your content and I came across big letters that automatically caught my attention lily padding 
yes. the fuck? Tell me about yes. it. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Lily padding. I'm so, you. these are the best questions ever. Okay. So lily padding is a term that my therapist actually invented and she invented it in like a very offhanded way. But ever since she said it, like it can't escape my brain. And I've been like building on it and building on it and building on it. So lily padding is the idea that people with BPD get very um, overly identified and overly attached to each like current state of being, right? So like, let's say for example, um, before I fell in love with TikTok guy, right? I was on my lily pad with my boyfriend and in my head at that time, up, down and sideways, I promise you, I had never been happier, never had a complaint, was thinking about having babies, all of that, right? And I was fully identified on my lily pad. And then something shifts, something happens. It's different for everybody. I happen to find TikTok guy, right? And then I'm onto that lily pad. And on that lily pad, I couldn't even remember what it was like to be in love with the guy I had been in love with for five years, right? Couldn't even remember what that was like. Couldn't recall it, like nothing. Like all of it was gone to me. And then interestingly enough, I got back together with that guy. Hop back on the lily pad. It was all right back. It's just like, we just get so attached, emotionally attached to the point where it fuzzes out everything around us. When we're highly emotional, we almost just don't retain things in our like short term. Like we're just not retaining anything. And so whether that be like dissociation or like highly emotional, like we just get so stuck in these current, it feels so final, right? Um, and that's sort of the basis of splitting is we shift from one finality to another. So I would almost say when we hop from one lily pad to another, that's a split right there. And we're always hopping from one lily pad to another through splitting. It's just like we travel through these little pockets of our life by splitting. That's really interesting. That, um, yeah, that was definitely <laughs> something I had to meditate on after I saw yes, that video. I, I, was still, like, I, yeah, I could still pick it apart. I think I might do a follow-up. I could still pick it apart. Yeah, most definitely. So I, much, I yeah. will be waiting for that content. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let's see. Oh, here we go. Here's a good one. Um, how does like a normal day in your life trigger you throughout the day? And how do you like cope with those specific triggers? Okay. Um, so I might, okay. So like my FP, for example, if I wake up in the morning and I haven't had a text from my FP or several hours go by, I might get triggered into several different things. I might get triggered thinking that he died. Right. Which is like pretty standard. I might get triggered into thinking that he decided he doesn't love me anymore. You know, it, it's a, it's a platonic thing, but he might get, you know, he might not even love me anymore. Decided he doesn't want to be my friend, whatever that type of situation. Um, you know, I can get triggered by things like how my partner speaks to my son, right? And he's a very gentle, like very chill guy. I'll get triggered by how close his head is to my son, right? So if like, literally they could be standing across the room from each other, but like my partner leans in like that when he's like, you know, yelling, it's I'm triggered because you can't lean it. That's too far, right? It's aggressive. It's aggressive. It's aggressive. I don't care how far away you are. <laughs> it's aggressive. I'm trying to babe. step in my baby. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you you better lean your back and just mm, sticks 90 degree angle, sir. Yeah. Against the wall. <laughs> yes, literally stick straight. Thank you. Um, you know, I'll get triggered by, so those are kind of the more emotional triggers. And then we have more like flashbacky type triggers where um, they can almost be like 
emotional flashbacks. So someone might make me feel a way that I felt, you know, in a really traumatic moment, or, um, you know, I might meet someone new and their facial expression might remind me of my baby daddy and I'll get triggered. Like I honestly can get triggered by by literally anything at all, anything at all. It's, it all depends. Yes. I guess, I don't know really anything. And that's the basis of, you know, sort of who I am and what I am is incredibly, incredibly reactive to my environment. How would you, how would you describe your peace level on a scale of one to 10, 10 being so incredibly blissful, you could float to the ethers and one being I'm on the ground. Okay, it's literally zero. It's zero. I have no, I have no peace. I told my therapist the other day, if I could get a lobotomy, I would, I would pay any amount of money. Like, you know, you can still get electroshock therapy. I was telling them, I was like, I know you can fight girl. I know you can find me someone who will do a lobotomy for me. I'm like, if I have to take it down to Mexico to get myself a lobotomy, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I don't care. So yeah, that's the level of which I desire peace, but have none. I would rather be just like a Jeffrey Dahmer, like sex zombie. If you're, you know, at all <laughs> debriefed on his, his case. Um. I'm trying to be serious, but somebody. Yeah. Oh God! Oh Lord, lobby daddy, making me cry. Oh girl. Okay, so going into that because that was not a question that I wrote down, but it was just a question that I felt I had mm-hmm. to ask, so I did. Mm-hmm. How do you see yourself attaining peace? Oh, and I, and I can't lobotomy. use lobotomy. Cause I'm still looking into that. I mean, I haven't given up. <laughs> How do you try? Like, what are some things yeah. that you've tried for yourself to attain any level of peace? Even if it's just for like, cause I, I totally get it when it's like, it's one yeah. second, but it was there. <laughs> yes. That one, that pocket of joy. We'll call yeah. it. Yes. My current favorite thing and is depression baths, but I'll be, I'm really specific with my depression baths. So I have this thing where like, I can't be in hot water too long because it like makes me panic and I, I've never figured that one out. Same. If anyone can let me know what that trigger is, you know, <laughs> let me know. But I, so what I'll do, but I want a bath, right? So what I'll do is I'll crunch under, you know, like where the faucet is in the bathtub, I'll crunch under the faucet like this and have the water come on me like that. I sit with my butt on the drain, like butt on the drain, fetal position under the faucet. And just, I don't know why. Why not sit in the inner shower? Child. You that say like inner <laughs> child to me. <laughs> Literally, it's fetal position under the faucet. I don't know why, but that gives me just a little bit of peace being crunched up like that. I don't know why. I one think thing, Freud probably have things to say about that. One thing that I do um, suggest: Have you tried um, like the EFT, all the the tapping points? I have tried a little. Okay, I've tried like the couple things that my therapist has showed me, but I don't think it's like extensive. I 
I get what you're saying about like feeling small because like mm-hmm. I have my desk right here and when I'm mm-hmm. really low I curl up under that motherfucker with a blanket yes. <laughs> I am so glad you said that because I have felt shame about uh, hiding under furniture I do it babe I, I do hid, it I've hid under I this altar I've yes. hid under that by the heater yes. I've hid under yes. my coffee table no shame Bonus baby points if you wrap yourself in something while you're squatting yep, yep. no shame yeah. no shame and I promise you there's going to be people in my comment sections telling me me all the places where they crouch and hide too no shame yes. uh, <laughs> but I was watching this guy's live his name is a uh, king of kings on tiktok and he was doing um the tapping and I was doing it and he um, I immediately like he was saying let the emotions happen you know let yourself feel it he was using the affirmation I allow this feeling in my body right. and so I was going through all of it and I immediately like broke down and just turned into a ball. And as soon as I did that on his life, he goes, take up space, take up space. He goes, push your arms out, take up space. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm doing it. And I felt my inner child going, no, 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 no. Right. And so I had to literally take my arm and put it out and take this arm and put it out and hold my hands there. And I just cried holding my hands out. And he, and then he starts going, now claim your space, demand your space. Wow. Tell people to get away from you. This is your area. This is your energy. And as soon as I did that, I like put my arms and my legs out like a starfish. And I was like, this is my space. This is my space. That's and like, I, that is so, I don't think through. I've ever claimed <laughs> space, like physically, emotionally, metaphorically, ever, spiritually, my nothing ever claimed. Um, I've never done that. And mm-hmm. I like really want to, can you see it on my face? I'm like, I have... Yeah, you got something there. What was this? I'll make a post King of about this. King of Kings. Yeah, yeah I'll okay, make a post about it. this and I will tag you. Um, because this created like a breakthrough with my inner child. And for the past 24 hours, maybe even 40, yeah, for the past 24 to 48 hours, I've been right. having memories come back. I've been having like these emotional flashbacks, like you were talking right. about. Um, and just like moments of peace and this feeling like my reality has legitimately shifted. Like I've even like noticed things about my house that was one way. And then I'm like, what the fuck? Why is it this way? Um, and I just keep feeling like this level that has of me has like shed. And I know that that was part of that inner child that wanted to hold on. I was like, no, babe, we're, we're, we're done. We're doing it. Spread out. Yeah. Spread the fuck out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, highly I suggest. <laughs> I think I might do the next time I'm in my tub, I'll force myself to like elongate. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. yeah. Especially in that, like, yeah, that place of comfort where you're. Ah, oh, I need a reality shift. I think I'm really going to do that. Oh, the other one that I was super excited to ask you about contradicting BPD symptoms. Yes. Oh, okay. I want to hear all about it. <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, what is, what? specify. I'm like, which one? All of them. Specifically, all of them? specifically uh-huh. empath versus shut off. Yes. Okay. Thank you. That's actually my favorite one. So (laughs) (laughs) I think most people with BPD are empaths. um, And if they're not, if they don't identify as one, it's because they're so deep in the shutoff. Um, But anyone who is highly emotionally reactive, I mean, that's kind of like the definition of like being an empath. You have to be able to, if you're going to react to something, you have to be able to perceive it, right? You wouldn't react to something you can't even perceive. So if I'm reacting highly to my environment, I'm clearly perceiving a lot of it. So that's like sort of the empathic nature, I think, specifically when you're perceiving other people's feelings and stuff like that, you know, and then you're reacting to it. So most people with BPD are empaths, but we have the trauma response, which is to shut off and just shut the whole thing down and shut it off. And a lot of us do that in split. 
like while we're splitting, when we're very angry or very upset, um, we'll shut it off. And that kind of allows us, you know, I shouldn't say allow, but does allow us to be, you know, have a greater propensity to be abusive or to be toxic um, is because we shut that part of ourselves off. And it's not something that we do consciously. Um, it's definitely a trauma response, but, and like I said, it can happen at any time. It's not just splitting, but a lot of people will experience it the most uh, in split. I experience empathy shut off a lot of the time, just with like prolonged levels of stress. You almost get to the point where you're like, it's almost like um, just damage control, you know, like the brain doing damage control. Like if I only have this bit of energy, I can't be reacting to everybody's yeah. everything. Yeah. So you just shut it down and you, you can serve your energy, you know, at the expense of others sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. I see that now, like now that you're hearing it worded like that, I see that a lot more in like different people throughout my life where I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can, and yeah. And then once you know, you know, once you realize that's what's going on, you can almost like see the shut off like happen in people. You'd be like, oh, damn. They just shut it down. <laughs> There's been times where like I, it scared me because I noticed like myself, like feeling like a different person. Right. And I like tried to explain to not like a different person, like I have a different name, but like my emotions feel like they belong to another person completely, but I know their mind. And now I consciously know their emotions from the past. Yes. Um, but when I was yeah. explaining to other people what this wave of emotion felt like, they go, oh, you must have multiple personality disorder or you're possessed by demons because yeah, like, like no. my whole demeanor <laughs> the would demons change. again. Yeah. My, yeah, the demons. My whole demeanor would change. I would go from like, oh, just da -da -da -da, to like my, I would like sit forward or like my, you know, just my whole posture and how yes. I speak would be different. And yeah. some people would be like, oh, see, she's so fake because she's this or be like, I'm no, it's legitimately just something internally switched and yeah. my everything switched with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Cause you're not going to react the same way. You know what I mean? Once you've shut down that part of yourself, your reactions would be totally different. It would look like your personality has changed, you know? Yeah. Um, let's see. I've already asked that one. Oh, okay. Now for the, the meat and potatoes. The okay. taters. This is the taters. fun part. Okay. Spirituality and mental health. Oof. Where do they meet? What's the difference? Especially I've seen a couple of your videos talking about like hallucinations versus spiritual experience. So how do you tell the difference? Like, what do those look like? It's so hard. It is. <laughs> I still can't most of the time. Um, and because of that, so to preface, um, just for anybody listening, like, yes, I do hallucinate. Um, most people with BPD do hallucinate a little bit. Um, and then someone who is also spiritual, like I will have spiritual experiences. And so, yes, it does become hard to tell the difference between what is a hallucination, what's like a spiritual experience. Um, and yeah, the short answer is I really can't, um, unless it's like very crisp, it's like a very, or unless someone else is in the room with me and then it's like, then you know. But um, for the most part, I can't. So I default uh, towards hallucination. If I, if I can't prove that, you can never really prove, but if I you know, can't remove the doubt, I'm gonna go with hallucination. Um, which has upset some spiritual people on my TikTok, but, um, but that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> like, let them be triggered. They are my hallucinations after all. So, yeah. <laughs> you're going to gatekeep those too. <laughs> yeah. You're going to gatekeep my, my demon portal. That's rude of you. 
Um, <laughs> but I will say, um, I can tell spiritual experience for the most part away from hallucination because of how the rest of my thoughts are at that time. Right. So right. like if I am pretty sure there's a demon portal in my walk-in closet, cause I can hear them whispering to me in Latin. Right. But I'm also self-harming and my mental health is crap. And you know, I'm fairly certain it's a hallucination and that they're not going to yank me in. Right. And so even in psychosis, I always do have that layer of like, let's check the facts, you know, which thank God for that. Um, yeah. But right. you know, and then otherwise, you know, a spiritual experience, I might be more sure it's, it, that it's spiritual and not a hallucination. If like, you know, I'm just chilling in that moment, like I'm straight chilling. And then I get goosebumps down one side of my body. You know what I'm saying? And then, I, and then I feel like something around my arm. I might be like, okay, that's pretty spiritual, right? Cause I'm not stressed out right now. I'm not keyed up. Like I was like, you know, reading something and, and this happened, you know? So, but it's really hard to tell. It's really hard to tell. And the antipsychotics, I mean, I've only been on them again for a few days now. I took antipsychotics years ago. Um, I don't know. I don't think they, <laughs> I won't say that. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to give my opinion on antipsychotics on here because I don't want to. I don't want to influence anybody. Hey, that's that's fair. <laughs> you know, we'll talk it away. We'll talk it away. Yeah. Well, that was kind of two answers yeah. in one for my next there question. Go. Oh, there you go. There you go. Two birds, one stone. You're efficient. <laughs> yeah, yeah, efficient. Thank you. Oh, okay, here, here's, I'm, I'm like, everyone, everyone, this is a good one, this is a good one, um, okay, so, they're all good ones, what has BPD felt like for you being treated versus being untreated? Oh, okay, um, oh god, well, being untreated, that was like my whole youth, right, so I spent until age, well, I started getting treatment for bipolar when I was 21, that's a new, different, can of worms to open because I was misdiagnosed, but um, yeah, it was my whole youth being untreated. So, I mean, I, I had just about every problem that you would think a person with BPD would run into being untreated and being like a very young teenager. So like, you know, sexual assault, I dated my pimp, I was in sex work, I was stripping, I was doing drugs, I was on the street, I was homeless at periods. Like I also had a kid um, with a narcissistic baby daddy, like there's just, there's a lot. And it, it becomes when you're untreated with BPD, it's the framework of your entire life. It's not just like, you know, I was untreated BPD and like, I had one really bad relationship. It's like, it's the framework of your entire life. You're on the street, you're on drugs, you're dating your pimp. Like that was my life. And I didn't know that I was crafting this life because I didn't know how to like you know, not be in so much pain all the time. And I was kind of just like reaching out for anything that would make me feel anything. And you end up with just a really sorry excuse for life. Quick caveat, not that sex work is a sorry excuse for life. I support all sex workers. So I'll put that out there. As yes. a form of sex worker, it's an important yes. point. Yes. yes. <laughs> Now being treated. <laughs> yeah, I got to make sure we put the, the disclaimers in there. Okay, disclaimers. So being treated BPD is a lot different for me because now there's this level of self-awareness. Um, once you get diagnosed, you're not self-aware. Like self-aware is something that you like work at over time. 
Uh, but you can't even become self-aware until you have that diagnosis, in my opinion, because it's like, what are you going to be self-aware of? Like, right. you, you have no idea, right? Someone has to point to you and be like, hey, listen, there's a couple things here, right? Focus on those, right? So when I got my diagnosis, I had nine focal points that I could look at and see how those intersected with my life, how those impacted my life, how they influenced my life. And I had like nine different little pathways I could like go down running, right? So it allowed, having diagnosis just allowed me to become more self-aware only through really working at it. Whereas being untreated BPD, it was just living absolutely at the bottom of a well with no hope of getting out. I mean, you can't get better until you know what's wrong. Right. And when it's your whole life, you don't know what's wrong, you know? It's sad how many people like really do, um, wait for so long to get any help just because we don't have like an open discussion about mental health. It's right. so taboo. And so there's people who are just suffering and they're like, oh, you know, it's just my luck or, you know, my right. family's always been like this. Well, yeah, that's because right. you're genetically predisposed. Disp yeah. You know what word I'm trying to say. God damn it. I got you. <laughs> and so like, yeah, you're like, yeah, you're, it's not that your family's cursed. It's that you need yes. to get some mental health professional help. <laughs> yes. It's like genetics, science. Come on guys. Yes. Uh, that's so exactly. frustrating. And then there's the whole like conversation about, especially people of different races being like, oh no, like going to therapy is a white people thing. Just be like, no, everybody's it's got brains that can get yeah. fucked up along the way. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we can all use DBT therapy, but yeah, yeah, sure. Oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> That's a whole conversation for a whole other day. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, I mean, I guess we kind of talked about this a little bit, but uh, okay, I'm here and talk about it. Okay. So, how does your mental health feel in your body? And oh, like, I love this question. Yeah. Like, I, I, I said that so many gonna... times. Already. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you have the best ones. <laughs> You really did it. You really did it. Okay. I channeled these <laughs> from spirit for you. <laughs> but I love that for real though. Um, how does it feel in my body? It feels well, Trinity. It feels fucking horrible. I can tell you that right now. It feels disgusting and horrible. Um, just let's, we'll start here. We'll do like progressive. <laughs> okay. I like that. My chest. Are you open to Reiki cleansing while you yes. talk about it? Yes. <laughs> I got you. Let me get my crystal. Okay. Because it's a lot of weight here and I absolutely can't stand it. It feels like an elephant on my chest constantly. Yes. All right. <laughs> my eyes are going to be closed because I'm visualizing, but you, you just talk. <laughs> okay. You want me to talk? Okay. All right. I'm going I'm to keep going. Okay. So my chest feels like just a massive pressure is sitting on it to the point where like, I can't get a full breath of air ever. Um, it almost feels like when you're really asthmatic and you just can't inhale all the way, I physically can't expand my chest all the way because of all the pressure that's on it. That's how it feels. Do you deal with sleep paralysis? No, I don't strangely enough, which is funny. I guess I get all my sleep paralysis when I'm waking. <laughs> And then in my stomach, I mean, not to get too real, but it is just constant IBS. I'm either constipated or I have diarrhea. There is no in between. I can't tell you what a normal stool looks like <laughs> and what else. So my muscles, they ache constantly. And I think it's from the adrenaline that's always pumping through my body. Yes. Yeah. 
<laughs> I have constant uh, muscle aches and cramps and it just feels like, feels like everything's coiled. Like my hands are clenched and everything inside of me is coiled. And it almost feels like, like a really shaky leaf inside of me if that shaky leaf was like electrified and would zap you if you touched it. You're really good at describing this because <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. <laughs> You're describing my life. I thought into this. An electrified shaky leaf. <laughs> oh my God. That would make a really cute picture for like an Oracle card, like talking about anxiety. Oh my gosh. <laughs> is uh, an electrified <laughs> shaking leaf yeah exactly yeah and i'm sweaty all the time all the time what else i don't know do you want me to keep going you can absolutely i don't think i have anything left i think you just you pulled it out of me <laughs> uh, i felt like there was going to be like a lot of people who like needed to hear what that felt like, especially yeah. like from a person who's been diagnosed, you know, to, yeah. to really feel like, holy crap, <laughs> like they needed to yeah. feel that resonate too. So yeah. and they heard all about my diarrhea and my constipation. So. Hey, that's part of it. Been there. It been really there. I'll claim it. <laughs> like, I don't know how to soften a stool, man. I tell you, I drink so much coffee and I'm still hella constipated. I don't know what to do at this point. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> out of water. Okay. Let's see. Water. Maybe I should be drinking water. That too that might help i saw this video on tiktok and it was this lady and she was like you know that that trend where they're like should i have so-and-so yeah. pay my rent well there was this girl yeah. who did that and she was like um am i being hexter cursed you know and she's like doing a like witchy version and i thought yeah. it was so funny because she started talking about like everybody thinking they were hexed and cursed because they have like migraines but they like haven't drank water in three fucking weeks you know <laughs> you're like just drink your water it's not a hex <laughs> i've been called out yes that's hilarious <laughs> some of this content on here i'm like this is legit gold <laughs> hey, i'm telling you i love tiktok so much i that's all i ever need <laughs> So sometimes good. I like catch myself and I'm like not even scrolling anymore well like I am but like I'm not even watching I'm literally just like yes. yeah it's like the finger your fingers moving of its own accord yeah it was just a just fidget, fidget spinner at this point like. yeah. <laughs> do you ever like like okay this is something I actually want to like talk to TikTok about and be like can we put a feature on where you like set it like if you like long press on the screen it'll just like scroll for you you know so you don't have to like because sometimes I'll be like doing the dishes and I'll literally be like using my elbow. Yes. To, like, yeah. <laughs> or like an autoplay, just like something yes. like, yeah, we, yeah like YouTube play. has it. Like, yes, give us an autoplay feature TikTok. Jeez. Yes, autoplay. And while we have fucking TikTok's attention, um, <laughs> well, we don't, we don't have <laughs> their attention at all. Who <laughs> 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 uh, might be listening to my phone here? Um, <laughs> the fucking captions automated captions no matter what because tiktok's been like glitching out i can't yeah. post videos sometimes the captions don't load on like everybody's content i'm like what yeah. the frigidity fuck there's deaf and hard of hearing people that need these captions so figure fucking shit out tiktok yeah <laughs> i cannot understand why they don't because now they clearly have the ai ability to do closed captions but they put it so only if the creator um you know actually clicks it and i'm like why are y'all not just Closed captioning the news feed. Yeah. Like, why is it on the creator? Just clo closed caption everything. Or make it an Rest option so somebody can that. like push a push a yeah. button if, yeah. if they want it. Because some oh, people yeah. complain about the captions oh, being distracting so from whatever. But it's like, 
Like that's, those, I can't be friends with those people, by the way, because some people need I'm the type of person who like, literally, I, I don't know if it's like my auditory processing or what I can't watch TV or a movie, anything without captions. I tried to go to the movie theater recently. I can't, I can't, I cannot you get distracted and you need a place yeah. to like pick back up again. Be like, oh, okay. Exactly. Now I know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. I'll like come back in and I miss the whole dialogue. I'm like, who died? Yeah. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You get lost in thought for 30 seconds and then have the yeah. movies over. You're like, oh wait, fuck. Where were my yeah. captions? <laughs> like, was it funny or sad? I forget. I don't know. <laughs> Let's just cry and laugh at the same time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that face. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. <laughs> Is that what I was like? Sometimes I'm literally just like, I, can, I hope when I die, I get to like play back what my life looks like from a third person perspective. So I can just like laugh at myself and like cry and like but all I of like so many cringeworthy moments. I don't know. I might pay to not have to watch that. But like, what if it's like, <laughs> I just immediately picture it like the fucking night or not, not Nightmare Before Christmas, the fucking Christmas Carol or the like the ghost yes. Yes. you through your whole life. Yes. Oh no, they better never. Cause I've done so many people so dirty. I don't want to, I don't want to relive it. I'm all set. I'm like, just take me to hell. I'll just go to hell. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Where's my like paid in advance ticket? Highway to hell. Yeah. Come on, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> Full rush ticket to hell. That's fine. I'm not reliving that shit. <laughs> all good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's funny. Okay. Let's oh, see. Okay, we already, oh, I wrote that question twice. Okay, cool. Oh my gosh, this one. How does imposter syndrome affect you on a daily, uh, on, on the daily? <laughs> uh, on, a, on, on the daily. Um, it really does. I think it's funny because I've always had imposter syndrome like long before I had TikTok, but it's funny how being a creator on TikTok has made my imposter syndrome just so much more specific. Like really. <laughs> It's like, I'm like, damn, wow, really specific now. I mean, it's to the point where I, like, my, my whole TikTok has become a monster of its own. And it's like ammo for my imposter syndrome. Because anything that I post, even if I really believe it, even if like, I pick up my phone and I'm crying and I'm speaking to my phone and it's in the moment, it's raw, it's so authentic. I'll watch it later and just be like, really, girl? Like, look at this acting. Look at the actor who loves to act, Miss Acty Actor. Like, <laughs> I'm like, it's so bad. And then there's the thought that goes, and you're not even a good actor. Yeah, you're not even good at it either. Look at that sniffle. Right, the sniffle, yes. wiping yes. the tear so people notice. And you're like, yes, no, bitch, yes. it was just rolling down my face. Yes, I'm like, I know that's not was contrived, you little ingenuous bitch. Yes. You probably sat there with the little eyedroppers beforehand. Yes. Yeah, or like Vaseline on the cheeks, just, just, and then. Pre-made yeah, snot that you could just like, oh no. Just so you can like, like remain looking yeah, human. Okay. Like, I'm so exactly. <laughs> exactly that, exactly that. Okay. And then there's days where like, I feel like even my advice on TikTok, I'm like, this isn't even helpful. You're not taking this advice. Why are they taking this advice? And then, you know, I don't know. I, it, it becomes this point where like, I always feel like I have to be the most authentic version of myself, which is like, is anyone really authentic right. now that I'm a creator? Now I have to be more authentic than everybody right. else, you know? Let's talk about that. Yes. Authenticity. Oh. Jesus Christ. I'm so tired of hearing everybody say, you're not real. You're not woke. Just be yeah. like, bitch, if you're worried about who else is real and who else is woke, are you? 
Yes. And it's like, what more? I'm existing. What more do you want from me? I am as real <laughs> and as awoken as I could possibly be. As I a think, part of this world. I think this whole idea that there's, it's like a competition to be real. And if everybody's competing yes. to be real, you're all yes. competing for like, what? Yes, for what? Exactly. What are you trying to win? Who are you trying to prove that you are real to? Because I'm sorry, exactly. the realest shit is not giving a fuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so true. I guess I mean, I'm not real because I give so many fucks. Do you ever give too many fucks? Oh, all the time. But at the same time, that's this is like where like you're talking about like the switch because it's like I give all the fucks and I give no fucks at the same oh, time. Oh yeah, the shut off. The fuck and, shut yep, off. There's a bitch <laughs> in between. This is yeah. the bitch I try to be. The bitch yeah. who cares about people, but doesn't mm -hmm. care about what the fuck they say. <laughs> so yeah. I take what you mean and I absorb that and I care about that and I want to help you in all ways, respecting yeah. my own boundaries, of course. But I also don't give a fuck about your opinion about me. I don't give your fuck about anything uh, that I give fucks about. Like whatever you have to say, there's just a shield around all of it. And you can just fuck off in all directions, whether you're for me or against me. I don't give a fuck. But at the same time, there's a version of me that that used to give every fuck that's always in the back of my brain right here that's always like you do care you lying bitch and it's i'm like, like are you sure you don't care uh just be like yeah no i choose to act and speak and think to myself and redirect myself in the way of no fucks given because i lived in a place of fear and anxiety and doubt and worry and constant stress because yeah. that little alligator version of me wants to give all the fucks and it's draining incredibly you know what if i could take like that and like if i could just take you and grind you up in a blender i would drink you in my morning smoothie every morning i need that juju that sweet sweet juju i can't i am like i'm the most pathetic excuse honestly real talk like if we're talking about like who is jennifer in her real life apart from tiktok and you know how does she conduct herself I'm a doormat. I'm a doormat. Okay. I was at Walmart today. I'll give you a for instance. I was at Walmart today. Okay. And there was, I was walking down an aisle. It was just me and another Walmart worker, some like middle-aged man. And he's got like, you know, he's stocking, right? So he's got like his two carts and he's stocking. And I am like, so understanding of that. I am like trying to get out of his way. Right. And so I say, Oh, excuse me, sir. Like, I'm just trying to get through like really quickly. He literally looks me dead in the face and then does not move his body. And it was like blatant and we were so close together and he was not making room for me. And I, in my head, I knew I was like any normal person, I had the conversation with myself, any normal person here would be like, what's up, buddy? Like, what's your problem? Like, can I get through it? I literally, girl, I turned my car around. I just walked away. I was like, I can't, I can't, could not stand up to a middle-aged man in a Walmart. But you know what? Is it that you couldn't stand up to him or that you realized in that moment, there's no fucking point. Right. You decided to conserve your energy because it was not worth your fucking time. You'd be like, all right, you want to be a little bitch about it? Then I'm going right. to turn around and I'm going to walk the other way. And it's not about, I need to be the bigger person. It's that yeah. you're giving a fuck about your own mental and emotional to not give yeah. that fuck. Yeah, you're right. Because it does look kind of silly when you see people like screaming in the middle yeah. of the Walmart aisle. And I casually avoided that today. Yeah, like I yeah. consider that a fucking win. Good for yeah. you. No, you I'll didn't let it. some fucking stupid bitch try and pull some fucking. He thinks he won 100%, but he's yeah. probably just some yeah. misogynistic pig who was People having like, a bad day. Like, bitch. like, yeah. You want me to move for you? You think this is the. What yes. do you want me to lay my coat on the ground for you next, bitch? Like, yes, exactly. That was exactly what he was thinking. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. so just, just you, you gave one less fuck today. Congratulations. <laughs> you know what? I, I'll take that. I, I hope I put a 
fucking little badge right there. Yeah, take it. Those should be little. I'm gonna make those a stickers. I'm gonna make a sticker line. One less fuck Do stickers. It. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> One less fuck stickers. Yes. Trademark it. TM. Yeah, yeah, nobody steal my shit. I'll come for Please. you. <laughs> Literally. Okay, I'll buy them. I promise you that. I like yeah. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna write that down as soon as this is over. Um okay. Let's see. We don't we talked about that. We talked about that. Oh, what does gaslighting yourself look like for you and how does that affect your paranoia? Ooh, okay. Uh-oh. Hold on. I'm getting a call. Hold on. Decline. Am I back? You're back. Go, okay, sorry, got a call. Okay, um, what does gaslighting myself look like to me? Yeah. Um, for me, I like to gaslight myself anytime I start to want something, or anytime I start to feel like I might deserve something. That's when I really like to gaslight myself. Um, so truly the way that my trauma has affected me. And we were talking about this earlier, as far as like worthiness, um, it's made me feel completely unworthy. And so how, you know, how do you want anything when you feel like you don't deserve anything, right? So anytime I start to want something, there's the gaslighting and the imposter syndrome, I think is what's leading the gaslighting party. It's kind of like, well, what makes you so great? Like what makes you so awesome that you think you deserve that, right? Like when I think of the picture of how I want my life to be, you know, not even like in the future, just like, what do I, what do I want out of life? Like, what do I want? I can't even, I physically can't even think of it. It's not within my grasp because it's not like accessible to me. It's almost like, why would you think of a, like, you know what I mean? Like what makes you think you get to be so happy in life? So I just don't even picture it. It's enough for me that the people who are surrounded by me um, are happy. And so I live my life in a way that will make them the happiest. And, you know, if I get to be happy out of all of that, then, wow, you know, that's lucky. Lucky me. But I, you know, who says I get to be lucky, right? I think you and I are both feeling the same feeling right now. Yeah, sorry. That was a lot for me. That was a lot. Yeah. I hear my sisters talk like that too. And that just, it honestly, this breaks my heart and it breaks my heart more. Like when I hear other people say it, than when I say it, like, cause I know, like I, I get it. Like I felt the same way, but like, it always just like affects me more to know that there's other people that don't feel deserving of happiness. And like, that's what I'm here to change. So yeah, like it tugs at my heartstrings a lot. (laughs) Please be my new best friend. I feel like we're like yin and the yang. It's funny because we have like we're both very goofy and have such a similar thing there. But like, I don't know. You are like definitely so warm and like emotional. How do you cry so easy, Trinity? I can't do it. I've tried so many times. Can't. Not that I have to do it artificially, but I just you know I feel like I want to cry all the time, and I physically can't. Like I'm so out of touch. You know what I mean? And I feel like you're so deeply in touch that it's, it's easy um, for you to just do that. And I, I just want to be more like you, Trinity. Let's oh, hang I'm, out. <laughs> let's hang out. Fuck it, yeah, I'm going to be in Vegas in July. Let's go to Vegas. <laughs> I'm so close to Vegas. I live in Phoenix. No, legit. Like, let's go. Let's go. I'm going for my 23rd. Well, I'm going to be there for my 23rd birthday. So like- Oh my God, you're so little. <laughs> <Baby>. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. 
No, but what did I say about the, the numbers? I said, I've been seeing 47 and 222 yes. everywhere. And yes. see, I'm, I'm, we're just you. attracting soul family. What I say, what I say. Thank you. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. We got three more questions here. Hit me, baby. This dark empath. I saw it on your TikTok. I'm super intrigued because um, I like things that sound like it's going to trigger people. Going to be honest. Yes. <laughs> Open that can of worms. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. So what about it? What do you want me to say? Tell what do you want me all about it? I've never in? heard any, I've never heard this term until I came across it on your page. And <laughs> I want to know everything you got to give me. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to do a follow-up. So that's, um, I think I made two videos on Dark Empath. That was something that I honestly decided to research sort of as kind of like, you know, oh, this would be interesting for my followers. So it's not even something that I am very familiar with um, at all. Like BPD is my forte. This is kind of something where I was like, oh, wow, that sounds like me. And it sounds like a lot of people that I know. And so I was like, you know, people with BPD could probably identify with that. Yeah. But I really don't know a lot about it. But the general gist um, is a dark empath is someone who is a part of the dark triad. They have the dark triad, which is like three very specific characteristics. I believe psychopathy, narcissism, and God, it's been so long since I made that video. I'm going to have to look it up again, but it's like three characteristics. And if you have all three of those, you're considered as being part of the dark triad, but people that have these characteristics are typically not empathic at all. Right. So I read a study that was studying, you know, being more psycho psycho psychopathic versus, you know, Oh, narcissistic. That's what it was, uh, versus, you know, being narcissistic and, you know, what happens with, personality traits when you, you know give a little bit more to this and take a little bit from that right and dark empath was kind of what you get when you take the dark triad and you add empathy so it's kind of like your robin hood character i guess but picture like a lot more like sexy and burly and like oh, yeah. clad in leather <laughs> right like like um like a loki a loki would be your dark empath right so I hope I'm saying that name right. I don't, I only know Marvel. So, okay. Oh yeah. Love but, <laughs> yeah. But so yeah, the dark empath is someone who is um, psychopathic, right? Um, they have psychopathic traits. Um, they are also narcissistic. And what was the third thing that I said? I already forgot. I'll have to look it up. I don't think you listed the third one because you said you had to do Oh, I didn't? Reason. Okay. I think, yeah, just two. Psychopathic, if I'm narcissistic. Not and... Uh, Either way, we won't waste airtime with that. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, dark empaths are really fascinating because you know, as being part of the dark triad, um, you would anticipate that they would be an evil person, right? So people who identify with the dark triad or who are, you know, have a mental health professional tell them that they meet the standards of the dark triad. That's something that you keep completely secret. Like you wouldn't want that coming up in court if you're trying to get your kids. You wouldn't want your job knowing about that. You know it's kind of paints a picture of like a really uh, manipulative narcissistic person. But what happens when you add empathy, right? When you add empathy, suddenly all these manipulative traits start to kind of shift and morph into a place where they can almost bring goodness to the world. So it's kind of like chaotic good. We're going to have <laughs> some dark empath chaos, which is yes. oh, <laughs> like revolutionary witchcraft. Yes. Like, yes, <laughs> yes, I don't, I'm going to, I'm going to do a follow-up and then I'll tag you when I realize uh, what the third part of the dark triad was. People are going to get so mad at me. You know what? Know. 
They're going to get so bothered. Let them get mad. And here's, and here's the thing. Like so many people are like, how do you cry online? And how do you talk about this? And how do you talk about that? I literally just understand that there's going to be people who think whatever the fuck that they want. That's true. No matter what. Yeah. And like, oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Maverick is so shit on me. I was ready to. I was ready to Hi, post up with a child. Okay, that's amazing. You scared me. Please, I'm recording. your whole spirit jumped out of your body. Hey, I'm, hey, Pokemon, go play on the Switch. I'm on the Switch right now. I need you to go. Hey, hey, it's right over there. You can go play on the Switch right now until I'm done, because now I'm gonna have to edit this whole part out. Except on YouTube, I do apologize for YouTube people. I don't have software to edit this out. <laughs> Totally funny. go play the switch and then I'll, I'll be almost done and then we can play some operation i'm not asking for exactly you to right now. i'm asking for you to respect my work boundary i'm i had i watched the video what can you for me okay well then i thought it was a good video okay i'm working right now and i need you to respect my work okay. boundary give me five minutes and i will be completed and then we can talk about it take the and switch can... no i need you to not talk over me take the switch and please go to your room until i'm finished Thank you. you no, no conversation. Please go take the switch and just go in the other room because right now I'm recording. Maverick. Thank you. I'm trying to all be right. quiet so I don't entice him. Back oh, I got you on headphones. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> But I was saying you should do parenting videos. That was like really good, girl. You can give me some I've done uh, a few and I've thought about like, um, because I'm like, I was a daycare worker and I've taken parenting classes. I've helped raise my siblings. So it's like, I've been around kids my entire life. But yeah, um, yeah, there was definitely some people who are not happy about how I parent and how I speak and how I present myself as a parent. And I'm like, I literally don't fucking care. Yeah. They, yeah the, like yesterday I was on live and somebody was like how could you use that language on your child I'm like because oh. unless it's a word derived in hate to make someone else feel less Correct. than it's not a yes. bad fucking word it's uh, how you perceive it <laughs> am I gonna like encourage say fuck go yeah. ahead tell them they're a stupid bitch like yes. no but yes. am I gonna sit here and censor myself in my household no <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And also my son, I don't know about you, but my son, when, once they start to like get the, not all kids have the desire to curse, but once they start getting that desire to curse, I tell him, okay, you have one hour, one hour, say every word, but outside of this hour, you ever say that word trouble, say everything you want in this hour. We'll do that a couple times a week. He gets it out of his system. <laughs> I mean, cursing literally is like, it releases stress. So it's like, yeah. I, I told my, my partner, like, obviously, like for me personally, like I was like, after you're in high school, I don't fucking care. Like you're going to cuss when you go to school, say whatever you want. Like I was, I was a high school too. It makes you feel like, like you got your big girl pants on whatever, but, (laughs) but like, as long as you're not cursing at me, you're not cursing at your elders and you're not being disrespectful, say whatever the fuck you want to say. Like, you know, you know what, girl, I think the world, they're just like, not used to like us as parents like you you know what I mean it's like every new generation has to get used to the new generation of parents and it's like I'm an elder millennial I can I say that I smoke weed on you (laughs) yes yes okay I don't know I don't know guys I'm not (laughs) I'm an elder millennial I smoke weed okay I'm gonna cuss up a storm I'm gonna twerk in my household there's a stripper (laughs) pole in my living room okay it is it is what it is 
and people aren't used to that kind of parent but guess yeah. what they're gonna be they're gonna be yep. you know it, it is. It's, it's the new norm and I think there's a lot of people who are gonna have to get used to this conscious parenting I know it pisses a lot of people off but it only pisses them off because conscious parenting makes you take accountability and makes you learn how to regulate yourself and if you can't yep. do that you're gonna feel like a failure and then you're gonna blame conscious parenting where you are falling short <laughs> Yes, 100%. So yeah. that's just my two cents. <laughs> that's just my two cents, but. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So I have a one last question. Or actually, I have two questions. I forgot that because Maverick came in the room. Um, so the other one was how do you deal with victim mentality in your life? Oof. Okay. So that is so important, specifically the idea of victim mentality when you get to like people with borderline. Because I will say, and this is a bold statement, but I will say that people who unaware borderlines live in victim mentality. And that is, I think, the one thing that separates an unaware borderline from a self-aware borderline yeah. is that mentality. Because most of us obviously have traumatic childhoods. It's easy for us. I mean, we have the card. We have the trauma card. We can just be like, here, so, you know, I'm going to do whatever, you know. And some of us have more trauma than others, and then they have even more cards to play, right? But when you get to the point of like, okay, but I have to take responsibility, right? When you finally start to take responsibility, that's when you can't play that card anymore. You have to, you have to step out of the victim mentality and the victim mentality absolutely will keep you sick 100% of the time. Yeah. It's when you feel that everything in the world is happening to you and you feel like you have no control, right? So it's almost like people want to play that victim card, but they rob themselves of their own like body autonomy. So yeah, it's like the only way to kind of claim your whole being back is to step out of that mentality. Once you do, you can finally be self-aware and finally start looking at your thought processes and look how, you know, look at your reactions to things and stop focusing so much on, you know, was it right that I reacted and feeling that self-righteousness because you're a victim, you know? That yeah. self-righteousness because of the victim. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. a special, it's a very strong self-righteousness of being that you're like son of a bitch while at the same time not this. wanting anybody to call you a victim yes, yes <laughs> but i'm a survivor okay but you're playing the victim card. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah how, how many times have you cashed in on that one <laughs> yeah for real little miss survivor okay yeah exactly. <laughs> my gosh okay um how do you ground yourself into reality when you're dealing with hypervigilance Oh, gosh, how do I? I'm trying to right now put myself in a situation recently where I was hyper vigilant. Okay. I think that I'm most hyper vigilant, and probably a lot of people will identify with this. I am most hyper vigilant, hyper focused, and like ready for threats when I'm like reading someone's face, right? So, like, if I'm in a conversation with someone, I'm reading their face deeply because I have to figure out essentially how they're seeing me, right? Because I have to figure out if I'm good or bad. I'm getting all my validation from them, whether that be positive or negative. So if they're perceiving me poorly, that's, I'm bad. And I have to receive that information versus them, you know, perceiving me positively and then I'm good. But oh gosh, rewind me. Where were we trying to um, Dealing with hypervigilance and facial yes, expressions, okay. feeling bad. Thank you, hypervigilance. So when I'm being hypervigilant like that, I also really cannot read neutral expressions correctly. I can't read anything neutral correctly because I'm so focused on like, it might be a threat, it might be a threat that I can't even see like a chill gray area. 
Um, so when I'm being like that, it can create a lot of issues, especially like if I'm just having a casual conversation with my partner, I start accusing him of being mad at me or being upset with me or what did I do wrong? Why don't you just tell me? And he's like, I am literally, he's like, I just, I am standing is what I'm doing. And he's like, and I'm washing this dish is what I'm doing. And I don't know why you're doing Yeah, because I'm like hypervigilant, like reading his face. And I'm like, oh, but that brow moved and, and, and he just sighed. Yeah, the now sigh. he hates me. Yes. Or like he said my name weird. He said my name weird and now his brows look like that. So Or when it's usually a pet name and then you get called your name. Yes. Like, oh my God, you want me to move out? <laughs> like, it's spidey senses. It's like, oh, oh no, he has something to tell me and something horrible. He's going to drop. So I yeah. go to him and I'm like, just tell me, just rip the bandaid off. Just tell me, just tell me. Don't I can take, take it. it. I already cried and I'm going to cry again yes. later, but like I can exactly. take it. Yes. So in those moments, if I don't ground, we're going to, it's going to be a fight. You know what I mean? It's going to be a, a literal fight yes. over absolutely effing nothing. So the way I ground is by literally distracting myself. I will have to completely remove myself from the conversation. If I think that that conversation is going a certain way and I'm starting to get really keyed up about it, I have to completely remove myself, right? Because I'm only feeling that way for a very short period of time. I fizzle myself out because I'm so highly emotional and so reactive. I fizzle out quickly. So if I think he's mad, okay, that's fine. So, So take that knowledge, let him be mad, whatever go into the other room and sit for five or 10 minutes, hit the bowl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> then I come back out. Yes. And then I realize I look at him and I'm like, he's not fucking mad. Look at him. Look, yeah. look at him. He's not fucking mad. Like, and then yes. when you always pull him with the, like, what are you thinking about right now? And they're like, oh, yeah. I was trying to think of like how many ketchup packets I grabbed yes. at McDonald's the other day. Cause like, I really want fries. Yes. And I was thinking, yes. do you have any ketchup? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Such basic creatures. Yes. <laughs> like oh okay good good that reminded me the other day I was like wrapping Christmas presents and like my partner was standing there like changing clothes or something and he like looked at me for like a split second too long and I was like what and he was like he was like what and I was like you're looking at me and like everything in my brain for some reason said he's judging how you're wrapping the presents he thinks you're horrible at wrapping presents and that means that the presents are bad and I'm like a gift giver and it's really important to me that you like what I give you because I put Uh a lot of thought into it so that means that like because the paper's bad the gift is bad I am bad I I did a bad job (laughs) the like and it's weird because like obviously that's illogical but we both I can understand the natural order of events in your head where you would go like, oh yeah, and that means I'm bad. Like that makes perfect sense to me because my brain works the same way. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard like trying to describe to him things and like he's gotten so much better over the years, but like trying to explain to him like how my process of thought will go and like how things play out. And to me, it's like, oh, it makes perfect sense on how we went from this to arguing about this even though sometimes it really doesn't, but like emotionally makes sense. <laughs> emotionally it does. Yeah. Because the way you, you know, you felt when he did that reminded you of this. Yeah. Even though they're completely different. I feel the same way in both yeah. situations. Yes, absolutely. He, he definitely has been incredibly patient learning that in particular. Cause I mean, he'll do the littlest thing. And then I'm like bawling. He's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, well, my dad and my mom, like, yes. and he's just like, okay, yes. let's talk about this. <laughs> Yes. Like the emotional, like this long time. Yes, exactly. I know. I've had so many moments. So mine's the crying. I can't, I literally am not a crier. I can't cry for anything. I just dissociate. That's my own like little, little pesky. The the crying without tears. It's all in your head. And then you're like, oh my God, there's no feelings in my body. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Just uh, that. Yeah. 
all the time. Exactly. <laughs> probably what I'll do like immediately after this this little session. Yeah, this is just. <laughs> Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, same. I'm gonna have to like take, put a hot compress on my head. Just yes. be like, okay, process. Right back to depression. Yeah, business as usual. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. I'm going to send you some energy, and if you don't mind, I'll do a little reading for you, and I'll email to you. So it's all it's all private and all that. But I want to yes, do that. Please. Um for you as a little Christmas gift or a holiday <gasps> gift. And I want you to take that into the new year and promise me that you're going to do at least one session of shadow work and be very fucking honest with yourself. Oh God, I hate it. Loki, <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Loki has been the deity I've been working with and he's been, you know, drilling into me since we started working together. He was like, you can lie to anybody else in the world, but do not lie to yourself. Maverick, you're still not listening to me. I asked you to go in the bedroom while I'm recording because I can hear you in the background. And I need you to not be in the background. Can you please go in the other room right now? And I will tell you when I'm done. Thank you very much. I appreciate you not fighting me. I love a little breath. Just take a little. <sighs> Always. <laughs> But um, yeah, doing that shadow work and being honest with yourself because um, there is a huge collective energy in 2022 for a lot of change. And I am sending you all the positive love and energy in the world for your change this year to be learning yes, yeah. that you are worthy of fucking happiness. Oh, Trinity, I need it. Honestly, change, <laughs> change is the word for me in 2022. It's you're about to see some some big shifts. Good. And I'm excited to watch it all um, unfold, yeah. whether you, you know, share it or not energetically. I am supporting you through all of it because <laughs> I understand the internal struggle like that. It's a fucking battle every day. And especially yeah. like to share that publicly and, and to any extent, um, it is brave. And you are doing that and you don't need to be like me or like anybody else. You are being like you and you are doing everything that you need to in your time for your journey and it's beautiful and you're helping literally thousands and thousands of people in ways that you will never understand like you will never be able to know and comprehend all the ways that you are truly changing lives and that is a blessing and I am grateful for your existence here with me <laughs> you're so sweet stop it be my best friend already <laughs> I, I'll text you my phone number <laughs> okay. like literally though do I will right after this <laughs> <laughs> all right love well thank you so much for your time i appreciate you thank you uh, and for anybody who wants to check out jennifer's tiktok or instagram do you have a youtube no okay not youtube but instagram or tiktok i will leave those down in the description box so thank you all for joining us hope you have a great day stay hydrated stay blessed and remember bitches kindness is free well,